0: Previously on the Nature of My Game podcast,
1: the man worked freehand from memory, just drawing things that looked like blueprints from scratch. I mean, with a damn chalk pencil and some paper, and that's it. He just sat there and rattled it off like he was doing the crosswords.
2: I think everything that we've gathered thus far, there, there, there's something suspicious about what was going on at the, the hub plant. Yeah, I, I kind of wanna, kind of wanna see what's, uh, what's out at the plant if we're going to find anything out here i think it's probably going to be underground in some way
1: you don't know whether it's the the absolute you know scorching heat of the middle of the day in Death Valley, or whether you're just, you know, something doesn't seem quite right. But the three of you spend, you know, the next three, four hours out in the sun.
0: Being mindful of like big picture, what brought us here, is that he got torn limb from limb by like something. So I don't, I don't know if I would want to stay.
2: I think I selfishly want to, to move quickly.
0: And she's feeling very much cognizant of the fact that we really don't understand what we're dealing with yet.
1: And as you get closer you see that it it's a culvert that has been carved out of the ground and the entrance to the culvert is covered in small plants with like single red flowers that are growing all around this area. An unidentified location near Langley, Virginia. May 8, 2009. A heavy-set man sits behind a computer screen in a dark room, smoking a cigarette. His battered button-up shirt is untucked, his hair is messy and uncombed, and it's clear that he cares about neither. Seeing a notification pop up on his screen, he leans forward, takes a long pull from his cigarette, and clicks on the email that's just appeared. From oleo at nytimes.org. 2. McKissick at nytimes.org Date. Friday, May 8, 2009 at 8.42am Subject. Quick help. Hey Ben. Happy Friday. Hope the week's been smooth. Great work on that story about the supposed black site out in Wyoming. I can't believe people actually believe that shit. Anyways, I'm working on a story about some potential corruption at a mining firm in Romania. Yes, I know how that sounds, and no, it's not as boring as you think it is and I came across a few things that seemed like they might be up your alley. The source I have sent me documents that show some evidence of corporate corruption mixed in with some shit about, wait for it, vampires. Literal vampires. I can't believe I'm even still considering following up, but the other stuff seems to check out, so I'm thinking about catching the next flight to Bucharest. I wanted to see if you had a few minutes to chat. You're the best at separating fact from fiction when all this folklore and craziness gets involved, and I think I'm going to have my work cut out for me. I'm in a cab on the way to Heathrow, and honestly, I could change my mind at any moment, so I'll try to give you a call when I land. Talk soon. Olivia. P.S. Say hi to Olive for me. She's too damn cute. The man sitting at the computer finished his quick scan of the email, put his cigarette in his mouth, and clicked delete. A few hours later, when Ben McKissick finally got around to checking his email, he'd never know it had been there. So, a lot of times, I think, when people play role-playing games, you know, they kind of wait till after the scenario to reflect. But I find it kind of interesting to reflect on, you know, kind of how you're feeling as players or how, you're, how you think your characters are feeling kind of, you know, mid-game. And so, uh, my question to start this episode is just, what do you want for your characters? Not necessarily in this scenario specifically, like, I assume in this scenario you want to, like, figure stuff out and survive, right? And this isn't even necessarily, like, what do you think will happen to your characters long-term, but, like, what do you hope for your characters? You've been, you know, kind of playing them for, you know, six or seven hours at this point. Like, what do you hope for them long-term? Survival. Survival only survival like just as long as he like lives and 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 dies of natural causes you're
2: you're good ben, ben takes it one day at a time so you just got to make it through the day <laughs> does ben have like a like a pulitzer or you know is he like an award-winning journalist here or is he getting further and further into the uh conspiracy theorist writing um kind of Dark web.
3: I think I think he's he's maybe won some uh, some some local awards like early in his career, but no, I don't think he's I don't think he's uh, especially decorated uh, journalist. No.
1: Well, and his writing is his writing is is mostly to debunk conspiracy theories, right? That's kind of his primary focus. Is that he like goes to research these like strange occurrences and then gives some sort of like scientific or, like, you know, kind of more mainstream, reasonable explanation for them? Yes, I, I get the impression that um, that's part of the reason why he was recruited by Delta
2: Green. I think for Sonny, um, I mean, I, I think I mentioned it on a couple episodes, but yeah, he's been he's been out of the field for, for some time now and he certainly misses it. I think this Delta Green recruitment has been good for him in that way, kind of feeding that itch. So I would hope that he's, you know, able to, you know, get back in the field. I, I assume that means, uh, he would have, uh, either overcome or sort of managed the, the scars that he has from one of, you know, a previous mission that went wrong. I don't know, just hope he gets some, some good waves out there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this is this is a question for both Sonny and for Portia. Like, do you or I guess it's a question for Nick and for Sarah about your characters. Like, do you think peace is possible? Like, do you think finding peace, finding satisfaction, finding contentedness is like is possible for them?
2: I I don't think so. I mean, I, I think I made it a point in my like character development and backstory to like make that something that he is really trying to get. Um, this sort of, like, inner peace. But I mean, yeah, that's kind of, like, the, the cliché battle that these type of characters have, I think, right? It's like, you know, having a sporadic and high intense work life and then trying to have, like, a normal, peaceful rest of their life. And it doesn't really happen. So, unfortunately, I, I don't think that's a possibility.
0: I think Portia is a bit more hopeful. Um... Maybe not that peace can be achieved after the fact, but almost in like prevention of like keeping more people from the supernatural. I don't, we haven't mentioned very much, but like her backstory without giving too much is that her mom has been afflicted by the supernatural for like her whole life. So by extension, Portia has been, has seen that as well. So I don't think she believes that like, she can bring peace to someone who's been afflicted in that way, but would like to keep innocent people from ever going near anything like that
1: but what about peace for herself
0: i don't think she really i don't think that's a something she considers much
1: so it's really kind of a self-sacrificing thing
0: well i don't know that she would think about it that way either it's just kind of like is what it is like i have this skill set i can do this what else am i gonna do yeah
1: so when we left our characters They had been exploring for the first time, and it seems like it's been kind of looming out there on the horizon throughout the whole uh, scenario, but they, for the first time, started to explore uh, Hunt Electrodynamics, the ruined plant uh, on the outskirts of Hellbin, and were initially kind of stifled. They found an area that it looked like Clifford Potter had been, you know, exploring and digging around. There were the the Bobcat uh, machinery tracks along with along with footprints, um, but it didn't seem like much had been dug there. And so, you know, after hours in the scorching heat of searching around looking for any sign of anything that might be underground or any sign of any of the like scrap metal that Clifford might have been gathering, uh, Portia took another look at the map that, that Clifford had, um, had drawn that was sitting on his kitchen table and came to the realization that the kind of round area on the map actually represented this clearing uh, that Clifford had had cleared out and that the the pathways or or roads or whatever was represented on the outside were actually much further outside actually outside the fence of where the the grounds of the plant were before and so uh, after a bit of discussion about whether it was wise to head out um, and continue searching without really too much information about what's going on the group did eventually come to the conclusion to start kind of driving around the perimeter. And right when we left, had found a a man-made cement uh, tunnel, a culvert protruding from a, a ridge out in the desert um, that seemed to lead underground back toward the plant. And the strangest thing that they saw was that the culvert was awash with greenery, uh, small plants that all had a single red flower on the stem. And that's what we're going to pick back up. A few other things that you notice as you're kind of, you're noticing these plants, you, you smell, you know, a a different smell than you, than you've smelled the whole time you've been in Death Valley, because in Death Valley, everything is very dusty. Um, any of the, most of the plant life is dead, but this area smells rich and damp, like a, like it's, it's out of place in the desert here and you also see that there is like a a stream of water that's flowing out of the culvert and kind of you know runs along the desert for a little while you know for maybe 10 feet or so before kind of cooling and then kind of evaporating into the sand
0: i immediately have two things i want to do if that's okay please the first is um like take some of those plants and put the like put them in a bag like as a sample. Okay. Like to study later cuz that's weird, really weird. And then there was a diagram I think in the notebook that looked almost like a pool with like sockets around it, so I definitely want to take a look at that as well and see if anything matches up.
1: Yeah, and I actually realized that I had a photo I had a picture of that that I didn't show you. So let me show you. You you open up the the notebook and flip to the back page and look at the the drawing on the back, again, which you should all now be able to see on roll 20. It does not look like what you're looking at right now.
0: It looks like a cube would go somewhere. Hmm. Um,
1: but yeah, you are you are able to, uh, you know, you pick a few of the flowers, you collect them, you put them in a bag.
2: Is that about the size of the clearing that we were just at? Am I reading those numbers right at the bottom?
1: No, the clearing is the clearing is much bigger than that. Uh, the clearing it was like twenty mm-hmm. by thirty feet, which is is which is what was marked on the map as being oh, the okay. size of that round area on the map.
0: Does it say near that little cube one inch by one inch?
1: The the number that I said and the number that's on there may be discordant, but you you think that the the size of the of the gold cube that you have you think mm-hmm. matches up with mm-hmm. at least approximately with the size of the thing that's represented on that drawing.
0: Right, I
1: was right. Okay. Um, And Portia, you also, when you go to pick some of the flowers, you notice that there's—it seems to be like there are a lot of bugs flying around them.
0: Dragonflies.
1: No, 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 no dragonflies. Like little gnats.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, I don't want to touch it. Like I'd put like my hand inside a bag and get it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine.
0: And can we? I'd also like to just make sure they're not uh, radioactive
1: uh yeah you pull out the geiger counter and you're not picking up any radiation at the at the moment
0: what do you guys think
3: i'd like to uh to kind of shine a light uh into the into the culvert and kind of see um if we can if we can see like how deep it goes and and what's in there
1: yeah so if you look again on roll 20 um you can see kind of a representation of what it looks like as you go further in It seems to have been cut out of the earth and you know so it it looks a little man-made you know maybe there's a that's a light strung up or something like that um though it's not on like it is in the picture there but like definitely definitely carved out of the earth and it leads as far back as your flashlight will reach
2: are there are there signs of another person being in this area recently or does it seem like it's been abandoned for a very long time
1: Why don't you roll me a, um, a survival check? Dope. That's a 73 over 10. That's a failure. So you're, you're kind of looking around. You don't see any prints or anything that looks like anyone has been walking around here recently. You don't see any trash necessarily. So it's, it's hard for you to tell kind of either way, whether anyone has been around uh, recently
2: or not. Okay. I mean, I think we came here for a reason, you know, with the intention of, you know, if we found something to continue going into these, you know, tubes, shafts, openings, whatever we found. So I don't think we're just finding this and saying, great, turning around. I think we're we're probably going in here. I think so too. Based on the, the drawing and the notebook, I think it's maybe beneficial to bring with us both that notebook and the cube I don't necessarily want to carry a large jar of a, a thirty-inch, three, 30 inch, however yeah, long was 30, the dragon flies. Okay. Uh, wow, that's terrifying. <laughs> don't necessarily need to to bring that with us. I don't think. Um, but the the cube seems like it could be a you know a weird little puzzle piece or power source or something like that. And then the other sort of uh, firearms and safety gear that we have. But I think we're I think we're going in.
1: All right, so tell me what's in everyone's hands. You also have backpacks, so anything that you don't have in your hands, you can carry in a backpack. But I'm, I'm curious just how everyone is kind of... How are you all as you're walking in?
2: I think someone has the the cube in the gloves in their backpack, maybe in in, in Sonny's. I think Portia probably has the notebook uh, with her in her backpack. Ben has the, the pistol that we've given him, and... I think ideally we all have flashlights. I don't know if Ben has one though, but at least Portia and I do in our hands. And I think, I'm assuming uh, Sonny has the, the rifle maybe, you know, s- s- uh, slinged over his, his shoulder or something like that. Maybe not uh, drawn.
3: Um, and uh, yeah, Ben uh, has the backpack that he always carries. He's got a, his uh, laptop in there. He's got some um, some cables, some like external chargers um and then a a flashlight in there as well um and i believe he has a a water bottle like a like a decent size, you know like a like a swell bottle
1: ben's got to stay hydrated you know it's a it's a big concern for him
3: i mean i mean it's 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 very hot out here in the desert you know
1: (laughs) it's true you probably have no water
2: left i don't think food and water was ever going into my thought process but i'm hoping that they were able to get a snack at some point and and have some (laughs) water with them (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think if Sonny has the the rifle slung over his shoulder, that he probably has a flashlight and the Geiger counter in his other hand. Cool,
1: cool. Um, and yeah, and then our right, Portia and um, Portia and Ben, do you have your guns out?
0: I don't think I think I just have it, but I do think I'd be wearing like the the vest okay. and the helmet. If we're well, I mean I'm holding the helmet, but if we can go in the tunnel, I'm gonna put it on.
1: Okay, yeah. So you're wearing your Kevlar vest and your 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 Kevlar helmet. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, my, my gun is still
3: holstered. Um, I kind of have a, uh, you know, I guess one of those uh, with like the little the little snap over the top, and I kind of have it like un unhooked, so I feel like uh, I could like draw it fairly quickly uh, if I needed to. But um, but I, you know, I got my hands free right now.
1: Gotcha. Sounds good. Okay, so so you start making your way in, and I need all of you to make me an alertness check. That's a 76 over 20 for Ben, that's a fail. 54 under 70 for for, uh, Portia, so that's a success. And a two under 40 for Sunny, so that's also a success. So um, pretty soon after you start making your way uh, into the culverts and and deeper under the ground, Portia and Sunny both notice a couple of things. One is that every once in a while, it seems like the water the like stream that's flowing through the center of the tunnel and running running out picks up speed um for a you know it seems like a couple of minutes and then slows back down again you also hear an odd noise um you're not really sure what it is it's it's hard to it's hard to figure out initially but it sounds like maybe an, an echoey clicking of some sort and as you continue to move in, it kind of, it rises in speed and then it slows down again. And then it rises up in speed again and it slows back down again.
2: Clicking like a, uh, I don't know, like computer keys clicking or like locusts clicking? You're not
1: positive, but you would say it sounds more electronic than it does, more electronic than it sounds like a, an insect or an animal or something like that. Got
2: it.
0: And can we tell, is it, like, timed, like, as that is speeding up, the water is surging, and then it goes down? Like, do they seem connected?
1: Uh, Give me an intelligence check. All three of you can give me an intelligence check. Both Sunny and Ben, um, after Portia kind of brings up this idea, like, do you think these two things are related? Like, the shift in the flow of water and the, the shift of the clicking... Both Sonny and Ben think that they're, you know, they're, they're kind of listening closely and trying to kind of time it out, count it out. And it does sound like there's maybe not a maybe not an exact relationship, but some relationship between the the change in pace of the clicking and the, the change in pace of the water flowing.
3: Can we um, just kind of like maybe stick a finger in the water and get like a like a temperature check on it? Sure. It's warm.
1: And it's about two inches deep.
0: Maybe we can take a sample of that too to have with us for later.
1: Yeah, sure. No, that's that's no problem. Um, you know, maybe an empty plastic water bottle or something like that. You can you can grab.
0: Not the swell. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> Sarah, sir you got a lot of samples. Um. So, uh, so the you're continuing along, kind of. You know, you're trying to time things out, but you're you're continuing to make progress deeper into the tunnel. Is that right? I think so. All right. So, quite a ways into the tunnel, you know, you think. You've made pretty good progress back toward you know it's hard to tell but kind of pretty good progress back toward where the plant um, where you think the plant is up above you. The clicking starts to get louder. the 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 pace doesn't change. It still rises in pace and then falls in pace like you had heard before. But you think you're getting closer to whatever is making this clicking sound, and you do uh, eventually come across what it is. So there's a some sort of electrical contraption connected. With thick wires to like a, a Sears diehard battery, like an external battery, is sitting on a an overturned orange crate on the floor. And just given what has been going on, and uh, you know, given the you, you know your use of one elsewhere, you're pretty sure this is a Geiger counter. And you notice now that you now that you've gotten kind of closer to this one that you know if you if you turn on your Geiger counter, it's it's starting to kind of pick up the same, pick up the same readings as the clicking that's in the tunnel.
2: And I'm guessing then that it, the levels go up, like when the clicking goes up, that's the levels going up. So that's the pace of the water going Uh, up.
1: The level on your Geiger counter, the clicking of the, of the, the one that's here and the water levels seem to rise at the same time. So you don't think necessarily that the water is necessarily what is causing the radiation. And the levels where you are are not super high. They're not... You don't feel like they're particularly dangerous um, at the moment.
0: I mean, I feel like it's important to notice, but maybe we keep going. If it doesn't seem like a dangerous level of radiation, take some pictures. Maybe start recording just like sounds. Like just have a phone. Yeah,
2: I like that. Yeah, I think some pictures are good. I, I, I'm assuming that a a Geiger counter is a relatively new piece of tech. So we're piecing together that this is someone who has obviously been coming down here certainly not when the the plant exploded.
1: I think that's right, yes. And even and even if a Geiger counter has existed for longer than that, like the the battery looks relatively new. Like it right. doesn't look like something that was installed in the forties in the wiring and all of that. All right, so if you stop and you take pictures for a little while um, and just kind of, you know, document what you're seeing here. And, you know, I'm going to give you this information because, um, you know, I think you, I think at this point you all are being pretty careful. You would have some concern that, that, you know, whatever the radiation is, it's not coming from where you've been. It It's coming from further in, right? And what's more, you think that if you were to wait for a little while and kind of, be very precise with it, you could time out when the spikes in radiation are happening to see if there's, like, a, a gap in time that you, that you think would be safer to move forward that, like, you know, coincides with when when the least amount of radiation seems to be coming, That when the clicks are slowest, up to, like, you would know how much time there is before the next spike is going to happen.
0: Are we talking, like, two minutes in between, or are we talking, like, five minutes, ten minutes, like...
1: Yeah, on the longer end, if you if if you're if you're willing to spend you know maybe an hour or so, just kind of like waiting for it to run through a couple of cycles, you can get a precise reading on it, or you think you could get a precise reading on it if you like paid attention to it for for a
0: little while. I don't know. What do you two think?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that I, I was under the assumption as well that it was maybe on the shorter end when the the the, the rise and fall of the the clicking and the pace of the water, but knowing that it's spaced out a bit more, I think yeah, I think we're we're waiting waiting it out maybe to to get some uh some more exact maybe timing or measurements. You said we felt we feel like we've made good distance progress. We talking like, you know, quarter of a mile left back towards where we were, half a mile. Probably
1: probably even less than that. You're 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 probably yeah, you're probably within, you know, less maybe Maybe a fifth of a mile, something like that.
2: Okay. So if we have, you know, yeah, like five to ten minutes of space where the levels are down, we would reach whatever... You think so, uh, yeah. yeah. ...back where we were. Okay. Then, yeah, I think we're... Yeah, we're taking the time to, to get those exact measurements. I don't know. Do you think we all go when the levels are down? Or do you think a couple people... One or two people stay back with the, with the, the little contraption? I don't get the...
3: Idea that that we need to keep watch over the the contraption just because it, it appears to be a Geiger counter, which we have already, which we have one.
2: I, I think, yeah, I think my my thought was less of like keeping eyes on the Geiger counter and more just in case the person or people that go, if like they get hurt or harmed in any way, or if they, yeah, something goes wrong. Hmm. But also maybe leaving someone by themselves in this uh, tube shaft is not ideal either. Yeah, I don't. I
3: don't like the idea of splitting up.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, I don't think it would be dangerous to stay out. This tunnel seems like the safe part, but um, I don't love the idea of splitting up either.
2: Then yeah, I think once All we get the timing one, down, I think we. Well. <laughs> I think once we get the timing down, we we go for it then.
0: Anything we any preparations we need to make while we're waiting before we go. Same situation, but we're wearing what we're bringing. It's
1: an audio medium, if you want want to agree, you have to say something. (laughs) I'm sorry, it was just so funny. Like, Nick and Bex are like, yeah, that sounds great. Just nodding their heads.
2: (laughs) I guess I wasn't sure if it was a rhetorical (laughs) question or if Sarah was asking a question that she was answering herself. Right, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're leaving any uh, supplies or, or any of our stuff with the, the Geiger counter contraption. I think everything we had going in and and, uh, and all that, we're continuing forward in the same way. <laughs> all right, so yeah, so you, you
1: time it out. It, it, it honestly, it takes a couple rounds of it, um, which ends up being about an hour. But it seems like every 27 minutes, the the Geiger counter spikes and then 11 and a half minutes after that, it has kind of fizzled to nothing. So after it spikes, you could you know, risk starting to move forward if you wanted um, after the spike. But there might be some residual radiation that's going on there. You think by about the 11 and a half minute mark, things have cleared out enough, which would give you about 15 and a half minutes before the next spike.
2: So 15 and a half minutes to potentially get to the clearing or underneath yeah. the clearing and then make it back.
0: I think we should like have timers on our phones and stuff set up for the timing so that if we're getting caught up in what we're seeing or something, um, we have an external reminder of when to get out.
2: Totally. I think we're setting timers on either yeah our watches or, or phones, whatever we, we have. Maybe we don't have to wait exactly until 11 and a half minutes. Give us a couple minutes additional. I don't know how you guys feel about that
0: that's fine maybe like three extra minutes four yeah a few
2: porsche's porsche is no longer uh (laughs) scared or cautious
1: all right so you're gonna you're gonna take you're gonna take like almost 20 minutes basically um you know the 15 and a half of of what you think is safe plus you know maybe another four or five of what's like slightly less safe of time to go is that is that what i'm hearing
2: yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think
3: so. I mean, we spent we spent hours in uh, in a hotel room with uh,
2: radioactive material. So, <laughs> what's another five minutes? I guess that is a good question. I don't know if you said this, Eric, but with the cube, I remember you were saying the levels were about like at fifty uh, on the radio on the Geiger counter. What what kind of levels are we seeing when it spikes and things like that? Like how high is it getting?
1: Yeah the the spike like the the highest point where you're standing is about what it was with the cube, right? But you think that if the source of the radiation is, if you're heading toward the source of the radiation, the spike is probably a lot higher, close to uh, close to whatever the source is. If wherever, if, if where you are now is getting to about that level at, at, at this distance. Gotcha. All right, so you time it out when it gets to be about Seven minutes after the spike, so so the the window that you've determined is like the the somewhat dangerous but reasonably reasonably okay or we're willing to risk it zone. You start moving down the tunnel, and you know I assume you're moving at a, a reasonably rapid pace because you know you only have a certain amount of time. You see that the the tunnel not too far down, you know maybe you know 500 meters thousand meters somewhere somewhere in that range opens up into a, a larger room with cement walls but there are jagged kind of ruined concrete pieces um separating you from that larger room so it's really hard to kind of see inside there and you'll have to kind of you'll have to climb over those and they're kind of slick with water The the water that's kind of flowing over those concrete pieces you'll have to climb over those um to to get into the to get into the room, and so unless you're, unless this is going to stop you, I need either dexterity tests or athletics tests um, from everyone to climb as you're climbing over the rocks. And if you choose dexterity, it's at a minus twenty.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's stopping us. I think assuming we have been making good time and still have enough time to get back, I think we're still going. Yeah,
1: I mean it's it's only it, like with a, with a bit of a jog, it's really only taking you like maybe a minute or two to get to these rocks. Gotcha. That's a 16 under 30 for Ben on an athletics test. It's a 23 under 55 for Portia on a dexterity test. That's also a success. And then a 37 under 40 for Sunny. So all of you uh, clear, the, clear the concrete slabs relatively easily and make your way um, into this large room. And what you see in the large room is now it's become now it is clear what was drawn on that drawing on the back page of the notebook. So this this whole room is kind of there's there's some level of raised water, kind of all across the room. The water is clearly flowing from somewhere in here, and there are odd plants kind of covering the walls and growing on the on the floor of this room but the thing that is most obvious in front of you is a stone archway that is like standing in the middle of the room, maybe 12 to 15 feet by 12 to 15 feet, like a a very large stone archway. And there's a lot of debris that's kind of littering the ground. And so, you know, you you don't see every bit of the archway on either side, but it looks like the rubble has been cleared out in the space that leads through the archway, if that makes sense, and so like there's rubble on either side, but the space through the archway has been cleared. But as you look closer, the archway itself looks very strange. Um, the stone is the stone is odd. It's a deep black substance with like almost a metallic quality. You see that that in between the archway, kind of you know the the space that you would pass through, is filled with like a deep gray mist that's kind of like steam that's kind of just like billowing around and you think that's what those like squiggly lines on the image were, were trying to represent. Um, and there's something odd about the way the mist drifts. Uh, it occasionally seems to twirl, twist, and congeal into tiny storm-like collections of clouds. Uh, but it never drifts far from the stone doorway before evaporating. And the other thing that you notice is that those kind of indentations that were represented on the drawing. You can't see some, you know, you assume that they're there, but you can't see some of the lower ones cause they're blocked by debris in between you and the archway. But there is one opening up on the top left of the archway where it looks like something is, is missing or could be placed in it. Seeing all of this, I'm going to need all of you to make me uh, sanity checks. All right, so uh sunny gets a 68 under 70. Porsche gets a 50 under 64 but unfortunately ben this you know as, as the uber rationalist of the group this is kind of shaking your sense of reality a little bit and so you're going to take some sanity damage you are going to take two points of sanity damage from seeing seeing specifically the gate and the the mist is what's causing you kind of this level of unease and panic is that it, it looks unnatural to you it, it looks mystical and magical to you it's pretty weird definitely pretty weird
0: it's giving me like really strong vibes of in harry potter do you guys are you guys harry potter readers in number five that yes. the archway on the raised dais the black curtain and you fall in and there's nothing on the other side I...
2: yeah for sure for That's sure. what it feels like Porsche the Harry Potter stand is exactly what I want. <laughs> yeah, Porsche's yeah. big in Harry Potter.
0: I also, yeah, I thought this diagram was a bird eye view. I didn't realize, now it's clear that the drawing is, you know, standing in front looking at the archway. Yeah, I
1: mean, and you would have no way to know that until now that you see what the thing is that is, is represented. One of you, I don't know who, but one of you kind of looks down at your watch or your phone at the timer. It's been four minutes, so you, have, you still have 16 minutes um, before you think this is going to spike
2: back up. So we have then probably around 11 or 12 minutes at the most to start making our way back for the four-minute journey.
0: Yeah. Can we... What do you guys think about just like throwing a rock through the mist and seeing if anything happens? Yes, great idea.
1: All right, so you um, start to move closer. And as you're getting closer, you see that there is electrical equipment, like a Sony camcorder, uh, a tape recorder. Uh, a kodak camera that are kind of scattered around in the area in front of the archway and they all look broken to you like they all look like they they would not work
0: we should put them in the backpack
1: yeah you, you can do that and the camera is actually um tied to like a long stick
2: do they have are they digital or do they have tapes um is there any way of maybe seeing what was on them or are they broken to that extent of all of that's gone
1: there's film inside the camera it's not a digital camera.
0: Yeah definitely put those in the backpack.
1: And so at about this time as you're kind of looking around like looking for a rock to toss to to toss through you see that from the gate a flow of water kind of flows out of the mist onto the floor in front of you and you get this very heavy smell of like plant life. You would swear that it was it was uh, the smell of a jungle. And in this area, this is so kind of shocking to you to, to smell, you know, to, to be where you know you are, but to smell um, something coming from this gate that is so totally different um, is also gonna require sanity checks from everyone. All right, so Sunny gets a 29 under 70. So Sunny is keeping himself together. But Porsche, 74 over 64, so you fail, and you will take... Oh boy, we're going to come back to you, but you're going to take five points of sanity damage. And then, this is still kind of shaking Ben to the core as well, and that's a failure as well. And you take one more point of sanity damage. So Porsche, in the game Delta Green, when you take five or more points of sanity damage at once you fall into uh temporary insanity which means that you um your kind of your fight flight or freeze instincts are uh, are going to take over
0: mm-hmm.
1: however there is also um a way that you can mitigate that you can deflect the sanity damage onto one of your bonds and so basically what that represents is you using someone who is important to you as kind of a, a grounding, in this moment, you know, you you think about them, you know, yeah. maybe maybe it's maybe you're thinking about them to like, you know, to to keep yourself there because you know, that you want to remain around for them, or worth or you know, maybe you're just using it as a distraction from whatever you're whatever you're seeing, but you can do that if you want to,
0: and that then harms the relationship with that person afterwards
1: correct so you yeah you you would you'll take you would take points off of your bond score with them and then kind of after the scenario again assuming you survive we can talk about what that what the harm to that relationship actually looks like
0: the alternative is that i just can't do anything anymore
1: the alternative is you take five points of sanity damage and then we'll roll a die to see whether you move into fight flight or freeze mode which the consequences of that could be could be bad obviously
0: uh i guess i will uh deflect onto my bond
1: with, oh, man. Yeah, which bond do you think you're, you're going to be? What bond will come up for you in this moment?
0: Yeah, I mean, my family for sure. So I'll hold on to the idea of like thinking of my mom and her experiences with the supernatural um, and kind of, I guess, remind myself like why I'm doing this so that that doesn't happen to more people. So like if I go through this tortuous experience, whatever, maybe it can keep other people safe.
1: All right, so you can attempt to reduce the sanity loss by projecting it onto a crucial person relationship, uh, a personal relationship, damaging a bond. So you're gonna gonna roll um, 1d4. All right, so I got a two. And so um, you're gonna, first of all, you're gonna lose uh, two willpower. Um, And then you're also, so you're gonna reduce the sanity damage by two, which means that it's gonna go from five to three so you only lose 3 sanity instead of instead of 5. And then you're going to reduce the bond number with your parents by 2 also. Okay.
0: Well, that was that seems worth it whatever I just did. All
1: right, so I have two more questions for you. One, how close are you to your breaking point?
0: I Oh, oh, sorry. Breaking point is 56 and I'm currently at 50. Is that what you mean?
1: Yeah, no. So yeah, so your your current breaking point is 50 and your current sanity is 61.
0: Oh, so if I lose 11 more points of sanity, then I'm at my breaking point.
1: Exactly, exactly. All right, so you're still okay there. And then finally, I'm gonna need you to roll me one more sanity check um, because of your particular, um, your your depersonalization.
0: Yeah, okay. And does that need to be minus 20 or not yet?
1: No, it doesn't need to be minus 20. Just a regular sanity check under your now current sanity.
0: We are successful. 61 at 61. Literally, so, just barely.
1: <laughs> so you're able to kind of, you latch on to the memory of your mother and what the unnatural has done to her, and that this the re, that, that is the reason that you are doing the work that you're doing. And you're able to just barely kind of keep hold of your focus. And so at this point, it's been five or six minutes. Um, you have probably... Eight or nine, right, before you have to start heading back. And you wanna you all want you wanna throw
2: a rock through? I think if we still have time for that, that would be worth it.
0: I know we've been recording like on our phone audio, but I'd like to switch and just at least like have the I know it's kinda of dark, but have the screen of my phone like filming the archway in case anything comes out.
1: You pull out your phone again to start recording and you see that it has died.
2: That goes for all of us.
1: Yeah, if you if you bring that up to the group, you all see that all of your electronic equipment has
0: died, including the timer. No, that's on a watch. Probably including the timer,
1: unless any of you has like a, a manual watch.
0: Ben, you don't have like a cool old writer's watch on. Um, I, pocket watch. <laughs> I,
3: you know, I I'm I'm assuming uh, Ben's wearing a watch. I don't think it's a fancy watch with a timer, but I feel like. Um, based on like knowing the time that they left they can figure it out pretty close to you know within maybe like a minute or two as far as like how long they've, they've been there
1: yeah i think you i think you can still figure it out reasonably well it's not long enough that you would like lose totally lose track of time maybe one of you starts to like kind of count in your head a little bit as um as it gets closer
2: yeah i was just going to say i think uh, i think sunny uh, having been able to to keep his sanity through all this stuff, has maybe noticed that uh, Portia maybe isn't doing too hot, isn't at her best. Uh, and Ben as well as maybe is a little shell-shocked a bit. And seeing as maybe our recording devices are dead, we still have the the film and the cameras that were there. So we may need to, we may want to, you know, get out of there and examine that stuff before we potentially let whatever is coming from that archway uh, hurt people's sanity and, and uh, breaking point more. I think I'm making a suggestion to both of them then that we uh, get out of there sooner rather than later, maybe throw in a quick rock through and then not waste any more
0: time.
3: Yeah, let's 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 try the rock and then and then we'll uh, we'll
1: regroup. All right, so who's throwing the rock?
0: I can throw the rock.
1: All right, so Portia picks up a rock. You know, it's not tiny, but you know, it's you know, a couple inches, and you toss it through the archway, and you think you hear it hit rock behind the archway, So you don't see it because it passes through the the mist.
2: And the archway. Is in like the center of this like opening, this clearing, right? Uh,
1: the archway is is reasonably in the center of the of the the room that you're in. Yeah, there's there's kind of there's rubble kind of piled all around, other than the path from where you climbed over the rubble to get into the room, like through the archway.
2: I guess I guess the better question is like the mist is like 360 around. The archway it's like not just on one side and we can see what's on the other side you can't really tell it's because around. you
1: can't you can't see you can't see through the archway because of the mist um so unless you like kind of climbed up on some of the rubble to the side to go around to the back it would be hard to tell whether kind of what was going on the on the other side but you heard the rock you think land and hit something behind the archway
2: right okay
0: I feel like we should go around and look at the other side while we're down here. Oh, and maybe can we measure with the Geiger meter, too? Like, is the radiation coming from the arch? Is it more? I don't know.
1: Yeah, if you pull out the Geiger counter and look, the levels of radiation seem, I mean, they're low right now. They're they're non-existent, um, which is what I think you would expect mm. because you're yeah. in, that, in that safe zone at, right at this point.
0: Yeah. What do you guys think about going around and looking behind it?
1: You said there was a
3: uh, some sort of a, I forget I forget what it was a, a stick or string or something that was tied to, uh, like a, a camcorder was was that right I can't remember what it was Yeah
1: there there's a Kodak Polaroid camera that is um, taped to a, like a five foot long stick,
2: but the camera's broken right? The
1: the camera seems to be broken yeah. I I think I would like to to
3: maybe try to fasten something, um, something else to the stick, Um, uh, or or maybe it can even uh, just like still be the camera and just kind of have someone put it through, essentially, and then try to pull it back. Does does that make sense? Yeah, I think...
2: No, totally. I I think think Sonny's getting a bit worried about the time and is saying, you know, maybe these are good things to do on the next go-round. But we go back and sort of wait for the 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 lower levels to come back and then we give it another go. We organize that plan of maybe having someone climb up the rubble to look on the other side, having someone attach something to the stick and push it through. Maybe throwing something else through again. But I think we should head back and regroup and then decide if we want to do that right now or or wait.
0: Solid leadership.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. Are we are we getting close on time do we think
1: yeah I mean you're not 100% sure but you think you're getting reasonably close yeah okay
3: then I think that makes sense
1: all right so all of you go ahead and give me another either dexterity minus 20 or athletics check as you cross back over the rubble um to get back because you can't quite take it as slow as you would want to to make sure that you got over because you know of the time so I see a uh, I see a sixty-one over fifty-five for Portia. I see a forty-five over or forty-five yeah over thirty for Ben, and a forty-eight over forty for Sunny. So all three of you fail. And so uh, Portia, you are going to take um, two points of damage. That's going to come off your hit points. Um, ben, you are going to take four points of damage. And Sonny, you're going to take one point of damage. Um, so, you know, Sonny, you just kind of, you know, you're, you're, all, you're all a little nervous about the time at this point. You know, you, you don't think you're about to run out of time, but you're, you're taking it quickly just to make sure. You know, Sonny, you might just kind of scrape your leg on the rock as you're moving by. Horsha, you, you stumble and, like, slam your knee into the rock, and so it, it, like, very quickly starts to bruise. But Ben, you kind of slip on one of the rocks and fall and, like, hit your shoulder pretty hard. You know, you don't think it's dislocated, but, like, you are really having trouble, like, kind of lifting your shoulder up above, you know, like, up above your head. Like, you're, you've you lost some mobility in that shoulder. But you do all, um, you continue on your way. Obviously, you're, you know, with the falls, you're a little shaken up and you want to hurry back. And you get back to where the, the makeshift Geiger counter is. And, you know, about two minutes later, you hear the swell. So you weren't cutting it immediately super close, but, you know, not, you know, you didn't have that much more time left in there.
0: We are a little worse for the wear. Uh, how
2: much, how much time total has passed Eric? Like what, what time in the day are we looking at now?
1: So with, yeah, you don't, you don't know exactly. Um, but you know, based on what you think, what time you think you went in, you like went in there you know, you waited an hour to kind of time things out. There was probably a 30 to 45 minute walk to this point, plus the the 20 minutes you just spent. So it's probably been a couple of hours. And so maybe it's around seven o'clock or so. Sunset is around eight.
2: Okay, so not too, too late. I guess the discussion amongst the group then is just whether or not we want to go back right now, you know, wait for the next, you know, low period and then go back in or if you know, Ben. After you know hitting your shoulder or whatever, if you feel like we need to to head out for the night, maybe try and look at that film uh, that we found and 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 all that before going back the next day, or if we want to go back right now. Do my
3: um, my hit points will stay the same for the for the rest of the game? Correct. I can't I can't gain them back.
1: Uh, there. I mean, if you so you can gain. I think you I'll look at it, but you can gain, I think, one back through a successful first aid, like, you know, maybe wrapping it up or something to kind of stabilize it a little bit. If you were to go see a doctor, um, you might be able to gain more back um, with some actual medical treatment. Okay. Hmm.
0: Does anyone have first aid? I don't.
3: I have 10. Yeah, I have, I have 30 actually, so I don't know if, if I could like help myself maybe like had don't know fashion a, a, a sling or something.
1: Yeah, you, you definitely could you can definitely can uh, roll that and try. So that's a seventy nine over thirty, so that's a fail. So you like you kinda look in your bag to see if there's anything that you think that you could fashion a sling with. You kinda you kinda try with a couple of things, but it doesn't really work. It doesn't it doesn't kinda provide you enough support to help.
2: So there's also the option, Ben, if you're not wanting, if, you know, we're not wanting to risk your, your hit points or anything like that. Like if you wanted, if we did want to go back right now, if you want to stay with the contraption and then Portia and I go back, there is that option.
0: Yeah. I'm like trying to weigh in my mind what benefits there would be to going back to like the hotel and like just recouping, researching, making a plan. But I don't know that many things that we would really look into. Like, I don't think we can really just Google <laughs> mist archway.
2: The only thing jumping out to me <laughs> is the, the film that was in the camera and maybe taking a look at the other electronics, if there's anything we can, like, mm. pull from it. You know, that might tell us what happens when the spike comes up. It might tell us, you know, yeah, just like how how dangerous it is what we're we're dealing with. But we also could experiment a bit on our own and go do that right now.
0: And like a night's sleep or attempted sleep and food and water might do everyone good. I mean, we were out in the sun for three to four hours before this.
3: Yeah. I, I, I'm weighing like what knowledge we could gain from the devices that were found versus like the, the wasted time of like, you know, going, like going back and having to come back out like what like what if everything is busted and there's like nothing
2: that we gain from it i don't know that's true I, I i would say then i think it makes sense for for ben with your shoulder for you to stay with the machine and then for portia and i to go back maybe we while we're waiting for that spike to go down come up with the plan to you know have one of us climb up the the rubble maybe to try and see around the other side while one person throws another rock through we could use your plan, Ben, of, of tying something to the stick and trying to like send it through the mist and pull it back. I think maybe that's, that's worth it. I don't know how many more times we want to keep, you know, climbing up and down this rubble and, you know, potentially harming ourselves. So. But at least one more time seems reasonable.
3: Yeah, I, I want to like bring up the elephant in the room, which is that there's like a, there's a, like a cube, Sized hole in the archway that like I'm assuming could potentially fit this like gold that we have right isn't it it's it's like square like a like a square piece of gold
1: yeah now that you've now that you've seen the slot in person um, you're sure that the that the gold cube fits in there
3: so I mean it's just a question of like do it you know do we want to do we want to try it and see what happens I don't know
0: I would rather have like fully charged phones and things when we try that. And it could be that being in here killed our electronics, not just that they all ran out at the same time, but that seems like that opens things up and the dragonflies would be happening. And I don't think we're in good enough shape to handle that at the moment.
2: I'm thinking if, and when we do put that cube in there, uh, it would at least be after doing this sort of like trial and error, examining The rubble and the mist and what's on the other side and then we'd probably have to come back again and then we would decide if we want to go back again to put the cube in. I I, I feel like, you know, maybe though that we might be able to get something from that film. I don't know. But I'm thinking the cube at least is not this next uh, trek in there.
1: Yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right. So is Ben going or is Ben staying on this, this trek in?
3: Yeah, I'm am okay with stand behind. I think um, I think you know I have the working watch, so at least I can. Um, I'm assuming the the distance is probably not so far that I couldn't um, yell out.
1: Yeah, you would. Yeah, I mean you you for sure would be. They would be able to hear you. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that's that's a good call. Then if yeah, if our phones are dead and we're like ballparking the time, if you're able to give us a bit more accurate kind of call out. Uh, from behind, and then we can go. Yeah,
0: why don't, like, every two minutes, why don't you call out to us or something?
2: Yeah, I can do
1: that.
0: Like, just so we know.
1: Alright, sounds good. So, um, so you start making your way, uh, down the passageway. When you, right around the time when you're getting to the the cement, the cement rock barrier, you hear Ben call out two minutes. Go ahead and both give me another check, either dex minus 20 or athletics to climb back over the rocks. Yeah, so so Porsche Portia, Portia rolls a thirty-three under thirty five, and so that's a critical success. And Sunny rolls a ten under forty, which is also a success. So neither of you get hurt, and in fact, Portia, you find a path, um, you know, a different kind of route over the rocks that you hadn't taken before that you think is a safer path
0: oh, yes. than the ones
1: that you've been taking. <laughs> so you think you might have you and others might have an easier time if you kind of take this same route that you took. Cool. Uh, by the time that you make it over the rocks though um you know because you're you're trying to go a little slowly um so that you're not you're not you know putting yourself at too much risk to hurt yourself you hear ben shout out four minutes
2: but by now we're back in the. you're
1: you're in the room yeah yep you're in the room with the with the with the uh, archway
2: i guess we could have talked about this a bit more but did we decide like what object we're tying onto this stick that we want to send through there
0: I was thinking maybe putting some plants on it, like something alive, to see if it gets affected. Sure. Like, like keep, <laughs> keep the um, camera on it, but just like, I don't know, if they're like vines or something, like wrap them around it and just see if they get, you know, do they get burned? Do they freeze? I don't know. That,
2: fine. That's fine. a good idea. Yeah, we could do that. We could uh, put some plants on it. So we're keeping the camera tied around it, even though it's broken. Uh, but just putting yeah. some some plants on it, OK? Is that kind of what we're doing instead of throwing something?
0: Yeah, that seems wise, because throwing didn't really do much. Maybe yeah. since you're a little bit more athletic than I am, like maybe you want to go climb up on the side to see what happens, and I'll kind of maneuver.
2: Yeah, I was just, just going to say that. If you want to be holding onto the stick while you're sending it through, I can climb up it to try and see around the mist.
0: And this is all being done with flashlights, is that right, Eric, or can we see in there?
1: It's all being done with flashlights.
0: Okay. And those are still working even though, so maybe the phones just died.
1: Yeah, the, the flashlights are working, yes. Okay, so I think that's
2: that's the plan then.
0: Yeah.
1: All right, so go ahead and give me a, another um, athletics check, uh, Sonny,
2: for your climb up around. Would the dexterity still be minus 20?
1: It would be, yeah, yeah, Yep. Yeah. yeah, so that's a 13 under 40. So you're, you're good, you climb up, you look around, a lot of the a lot of the space behind the archway is also filled with rubble, but you can see that the the mist is kind of permeating from like, in both directions. Um, it's not just kind of in front of it; it's also behind it.
2: So I'm seeing that if Portia was to send the stick through, I wouldn't see that necessarily because of the mist.
1: You you think that if she were to kind of pierce the mist all the way through, um, and the you think that the 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 stick is long enough that if she kind of Pushes it through. You should be you should be able to see it.
2: Okay. Then then yeah, I think I yell out to her that you know I'm in a good spot and she can she can do that.
1: All right. So between the time with the climbing and the and the deciding and putting the plants on there, I think you probably heard six and eight minutes from Ben. So Portia, you um you push the stick through the mist. It's not super easy to see from your vantage point, Sunny, but you do see the stick pierce through the mist, and then she kind of pulls it back. Uh, But it's hard for you to see the flowers at that point um, because you're a little bit further away. But, Portia, when you pull the stick back through, you see that the flowers have disappeared. They're gone. And that is where we're going to end our story for now. Where did they
2: go?
3: What does it mean?
0: This podcast was published by Arrangement with the Delta Green Partnership. The intellectual property known as Delta Green is a trademark and copyright owned by the Delta Green Partnership, who has licensed its use here. The scenario, Future Perfect, is copyright Dennis Detwiller, and the contents of this podcast are copyright Nature of My Game podcast, excepting those elements that are the components of the Delta Green intellectual property. Our intro music was composed and produced by Jean-Luc Bouchard. You can find more information about the Nature of My Game podcast at NOMGpodcast on Twitter and Instagram or at NOMGpodcast.com.